0: Welcome educators, parents, and scholar gamers to the Academy of Esports episode 10. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. This is the podcast where I delve into topics surrounding education and esports. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote physical and mental health, Increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We cannot forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. In this episode, we're going to revisit last week's episode around the ISTE standards, the International Society for Technology and Education, and we're also going to... I, I have a wonderful uh, Father's Day story and, and parents story that I wish to share with you as well. So, I'm going to get started with that, with the story. Uh, earlier this week, on I believe it was on the 16th, so as I record today, today is June 17th, so that is yesterday, June 16th, um, I came across a story from the Kansas City Star, which actually... Uh, If you don't know me, um, I actually lived in Kansas City as a child, Kansas City, Missouri side. My father worked for TWA, and uh, I lived on the Kansas City side for many years. And um, in the Kansas City Star, they did a story on a girl named Camilla Coyle, and she's from Overland Park. And she received a college scholarship over four years, $15,000 a year, $60,000 a year, In scholarship money. And um, it was a very powerful story to me in that it tells a lot of the story about why it is I am doing this podcast, why I push so hard in my school district to have every high school have an esports team, not just at our comprehensive high school's But also at our alternative high school, um, at our magnet school and charter schools as well. Um, There's no reason why we shouldn't have uh, a team. So as I was looking through this story, a couple of things jumped out to me. And I will link to this story story in the show notes. Excuse me. But um, the girl got a, a... a scholarship to Missouri Valley College, and what I noticed in the story was a couple of things. One is that um, the parent of the child, the mother, Kiara Coyle, who is a former high school teacher, actually was quoted um, this in the story. She said, "I had never heard guidance counselors talking about anything like that, meaning an esports scholarship." There's eSports scholarships out there, counselors. It's important that you are tapping into that, knowing your students well and looking into these eSports scholarships. That, that is number one. And number two was that um, uh, Camilla here um, didn't really have herself out to be what you would call a student who would make um, an academic scholarship. She said she get good grades. Um, but it wasn't anything that would merit any sort of a full ride or a partial academic scholarship. And it's important to note that because um, even today, um, another reason why I do this, um, I I, I, I had my children with me. For those of you who are not in the United States, today is Father's Day in the United States, and I had my three children with me. And One of the things that we like to do is we go to a place in Racine, Wisconsin, called Not Your Parents' Basement, and it is a gaming lounge here in Racine, and uh, they were uh, doing a deal where you brought in your report cards and you got uh, to put uh, hours onto your account. And so my uh, oldest child got, because of her grades, got 12 hours of credit. my middle child got 14 hours of credit and my son got 4 hours of credit and I know that my son doesn't play school well there's a lot of students who don't play school well I know my daughters play school really well and when I say play school I don't mean that the student is um, smarter than any other student school is a place in my experience as an educator, as an administrator that does play well to students who are able to, are good following rote routines. Um, it's not really the place by and large. It's not really the place for a student who is a divergent thinker in a lot of ways or wants to do their own thing, um, or wants to be a goof off. Um, but my son got four hours. His grades, his academic grades were not as good as his sister's. And that's okay. And what was great was I'm able to point out a story like this to him because my son loves playing video games. He absolutely just loves it. And he plays a bunch of different ones. It's not that he's stuck on any one game. He likes playing Minecraft. He likes playing Terraria. He likes Roblox. He likes Fortnite. Um,. He likes Cuphead. He's really good at Cuphead. That's a really hard game, by the way, if you haven't seen that one. And it's stories like this that give me hope. And it's not that I hope that my son necessarily keeps going through school the way that he is. I, I keep telling him, I don't care about your grades right now. I just want you to love learning, and I just want you to love going to school. And it's an instance like this that... When I see a story like this, I can say to my son, look, I love that you love playing video games and I love playing video games with you. You're going to be 10 years old here in a few days. I, there, There is, even if you're not on paper, on paper, as smart as your sisters, that doesn't mean that you have to feel like college is not necessarily going to be something for you or that you're not successful in something. And I keep saying to my girls and to my son, I say, you know, this is why your school district needs an esports team. My oldest is going off to high school next year and I said, you need to get that esports team started at Homestead High School in Mequon, Theansville. I really feel that Why that school district hasn't jumped on it? Well, the school, in a lot of ways, is very traditional. And I don't know if there's anybody who sees maybe necessarily the need or doesn't really understand what it is or what the deal is. But it's something that as I look in our school environments, Camilla, my son, there are students all over the place who, if we give them the opportunity to take this interest that they have in gaming and we honor that at the schools that we can then tap into this or not even tap into motivation. You can almost create an intrinsic motivation into, um, what we want them to be as students, um, to engage, to start to see the connections. There's a quote here in the story, um, that uh, Camilla alludes to and it wasn't just playing the game which is why I say this is why I do this you know why every time I start off every episode I say it's the mission of the Academy of Esports to do blah, 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 blah. she says it's interesting to see all the work that's put into these games the graphics, the music the whole experience is like watching a movie you get immersed in the story and If Camilla is not the greatest gamer or turns out to be a great pro gamer, she loves all aspects of gaming. And I think as educators, we need to start opening up those worlds to our students, open up those opportunities for them to experience all the different things, the great things that this story outlines or that conversations with my son or my children um, uh, bring out. OK, um, because as soon as I start saying to my son, hey, um, you know, we could talk about Cuphead. And what's great about a game like Cuphead, which is a game that he loves, is that it's got that 1920s, 30s kind of uh, cartoony look to it. Well, then he can start. It's funny when you start showing him those cartoons and he says, hey, that looks like Cuphead. Um, it's it's funny how then that becomes a tangent into a whole nother set of of things, not just around gaming, but around animation and storytelling and design. It's fantastic. So um, that's how I wanted to start this week's episode, and um, I do also want to make sure that we um, talk about um, the second half of what I started last week as we kind of transition from this because... Um uh, not this weekend but next weekend starting next Sunday night is the um ISTE conference and that's going to be taking place just down the road from me in Chicago, the International Society for Technology and Education Conference. And uh it's again the ISTE organization is an organization that I do not always see eye to eye with about how they present technology in education. Um it's actually an organization that, through the state level, I have actually worked for because for the last two years, I've been the chair on the WIMTA conference, which WIMTA which stands for Wisconsin Educational Media and Technology Association, which is a chapter of ISTE. But again, it's an organization that I don't always see eye to eye with, but it's an organization that when I look at the standards that they've put together for students, um, the seven standards, I... I agree with those standards and I was able to take each one of those standards and tie it into eSports and last week if you listened I was uh, I went through the first three standards Um, those being the empowered learner standard the digital citizen standard and the knowledge constructor standard this week I'm going to go through the last four standards that we have the innovative designer the computational thinker the Creative Communicator Standard, and the Global Collaborator Standard. So uh, without further ado, to piggyback on what we started last week, the Innovative Designer. So in the Innovative Designer, the standard says students use a variety of technologies within a design process to identify and solve problems by creating new, useful, or imaginative situations. So this is one that's built around prototyping design, using digital tools, using a design process, creating or solving authentic problems, um, developing a tolerance for ambiguity, especially in some of these things. So um, the design process um, includes human-centered design process, project-based learning, engineering design process, and scientific method. So when we're talking about a game like uh, League of Legends, for example, and that's the game we've kind of been focusing on through all this, students may use a variety of design processes and one may not be best for every situation. And the game League of Legends is always evolving. And Riot Games is always adding new characters that create new problems to solve. Therefore, new solutions to these problems are key for superior gameplay in League of Legends. So it's important that uh, when we look at this standard, that we realize <clears throat> that um, students who are trying to be the best gamers, students who are trying to develop um, strategies to help them defeat their opponents, are going to use this process um, fully. The, the 2016 League of Legend final actually showed the game is full of ambiguity. Okay, so ambiguity. So students dealing with ambiguous situations. So, for example, um, there was uh, in the match in 2016, the final, um, the reigning champions, SK Telecom, was down two to nothing in the first two matches against. um, uh, Let's see. Or no, sorry. Down to nothing in the first two matches against the reigning champions, SK Telecom, the Samsung Galaxy team, came storming back to tie the match 2-2 before falling in five games. They call it the Rocky moment of esports. I should be looking more at my notes. Trying to create an environment of open-ended problems and ambiguity is difficult for some teachers. Did you catch that? Trying to create an environment of open-ended problems and ambiguity is difficult for some teachers. League of Legends breeds a culture of ambiguity and open-ended problems as the gamers practice and compete. When they go up against those tough um, instances, when they have to deal with those tough mindsets, when they have to deal with tough situations, all of that falls under the innovative designer um, standard. And eSports covers that all the time. The next standard uh, that I want to look at is the computational thinker. Now, a lot of these you might look at and go, okay, this one seems pretty easy. Okay, so computational thinker, it's a game on a computer. League of Legends is like five-on-five live-action chess. The standard reads this. The students develop and employ strategies for understanding and solving problems in ways that leverage the power of technological methods to develop and test solutions so students may formulate problem definitions Um, they may collect data and identify relevant data sets they may break problems into component parts they may they want to understand um, how to extract key information and develop descriptive models to understand complex systems gaming is all about that League of Legends is a great game in the sense that every game can be downloaded. I've even played a game today. Again, I'm not a good gamer at all, but I kind of want to describe the process. Even though I'm not a good gamer, and even though I was playing a game against random people who... With with random people and against random people who were not people I was in contact with um, while I played the game... Um, I did focus a lot on playing my lane, meaning in League of Legends I stayed to my one area. I focused on um, leveling up during the match. I focused on letting the minions take most of the damage before I could take down the tower. Um, And a lot of times I would get ganged up on by two or three um, of the champions on the board in the Summoner's Realm. But um, what... I was able to do at the end of the match was actually download the entire match. And by being able to do that, that's data. That's data that allows me to um, pull it down, take a look at it, analyze it, change that data up and, and allows me to help develop strategies. I, again, I was by myself. I was in the top lane and I was absolutely by myself. Did I have the best character? Um, for the top lane, I don't even know if I did. Okay. But it's something that if I was even new coming into the game, I could take to a bunch of people and say, what did I do wrong? I am new to this. What did I do wrong? How do I get better at this? They may say, Hey, you chose a totally wrong character for that area of the gameplay, or Hey, don't you see now why, uh, having that headset on and being able to communicate with your teammates is so very important. Um, and we can break it down again into those component parts into those things by taking out the turrets by taking out the um, uh, oh man uh, what's the thing that generates the minions uh, the league of legends people are going to get me um, i'm drawing a blank on it right now but i thought i was doing very well i actually got down to the the enemy's nexus and actually got it about halfway destroyed by myself i almost won the match by myself by sticking to my lane by following a methodical process, and I just couldn't get the job done, okay? But it was something that I can take that that data and bring it back and look at it, and to go back onto previous podcasts, when I talked about growth mindset when we had Dan, uh, Dan on here, look at what did I do well, what do I need to improve on, and how do I improve on it, okay? Get that growth mindset going, using that computational data, using the data that was provided in the match. So the sixth standard is the creative communicator standard. And the communicator cr- bleh. <laughs> create no edit. Sorry, you're gonna get that look if you saw, watch this on the YouTube feed. Uh, students, okay, the community <laughs> creative communicator standard. Students communicate clearly and express themselves creatively. For a variety of purposes using the platforms tools styles formats and digital media appropriate to their goals so students choose appropriate platforms and tools for meeting desired objectives Students create a, original works um, or they can actually responsibly re- repurpose previous works or remix into new creations students are able to communicate complex ideas clearly um, either by using creative digital objects, visualizations, models, or simulations, or they can actually um, publish and present content um, a- as needed. Now, Creative Communicator standard is a huge standard um, in regards to gaming and to esports. Let's look at the last uh, indicator that they gave. Students publish or present content that customizes the message and medium for their intended audiences. Twitch TV. If you don't know what it is, go to twitch.tv right now, and what you will find are people all over the entire planet using video games to create um, new content, new media for a specific market of people around specific games. Whether they are people just hanging out and playing games, or they are people who are trying to teach others how to play games or they're just kind of hanging out while playing games um, it's all there in fact even right now twitch.tv is still showing a doctor who marathon until the the middle of july and what's great about it is is that as people are creating this content you have the live stream of people next to you as you look at the uh, the as you watch the video there is actually a message chat And you can uh, follow the stream as it goes. Sometimes it goes too quickly, especially if there's a lot of people in the chat on a a popular um, message, uh, on a popular uh, feed. And I don't know how some of the hosts are able to follow these things so quickly while they're playing games. But the creative communicator standard is one that for eSports, it's a low-hanging fruit. Because students also, not just by publishing their material, Uh, to the world they also have to communicate complex ideas and think again as I just told you about playing the game and looking at the data that I would look at after I finished playing League of Legends today and I could download the game and rewatch it I can take that and turn that into a series of visualizations I can remix and show exactly what I should have done and what I shouldn't have done I can look and analyze and, and look at my mistake And if I'm a student trying to explain myself to a coach or into another teammate, okay, how am I going to go about doing that? How do I choose the appropriate tool or the appropriate platform? Where do I go to learn how to use these tools or platforms? Now, in Racine, we have our high schools, and we do have some of those design courses. But in Racine, we also have another space here that I'm really excited to start tapping into, and that's the Racine Creative Center. And what the Racine Creative Center is, is a space for students to come and learn how to use dif- different digital media tools, devices to um, get their message out. And it's totally run by volunteers. It's free for our students to go into and use. It's something that, to me, is um, makes esports the medium to something more, as I keep saying. It, this That it is going to get us... Um, If we focus just on the games, we lose out on the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is connections into the community and connections into how they use these tools. And for our students to not just be those who um, take in and absorb content, but are actually creators. We don't want them to just be full-time consumers of content. We want our students to be creators of content. And that's what esports allows them to do because if you think that these students are just going to play the games you're silly because they're not there's a whole culture around these games that is positive for kids can be positive for kids and in a lot of ways schools are going to help kids learn how to better use these tools Um, it's amazing what they can do with their phones but it's also amazing what you can do when you put them in front of a 27 inch iMac with a person right next to them who says hey <clears throat> you do some really good work. Let me show you one one thing. <laughs> one thing is usually all it takes. You show this kid one thing what they can do with what it is that they're doing, and they're often running and creating new content on their own. It's amazing to see. I've seen it many times in my professional career. I've done it myself where I learn how to do one little thing, and if I learn how to do that one little thing, if you show me one time, I can do it. Um, so, The last standard that I want to go into, standard seven of the SD standards, is the Global Communicator Standard. Now, this standard reads as follows. Students use digital tools to broaden their perspectives and enrich their learning by collaborating with others and working effectively in teams locally and globally. The reason why I'm stuttering is because this standard encompasses a lot of what esports are the standard indicators read students use digital tools to connect with learners from a variety of backgrounds and cultures engaging with them in ways that broaden mutual understanding and learning playing basketball playing baseball playing football at a high school level uh, only can take you as far as how well your team does can only take you as far as the bus is able to go only takes you as far as you can afford in a lot of cases and a lot of times for school districts that's state level so you're not really going outside of your state some schools are lucky enough that they can take some teams to invitationals around the country and mostly that's in basketball sometimes that's in baseball in esports right now i can start a team right here i can have a team going right here at my house We could be playing people from China. We could be playing people from South Korea. We could be playing people from Brazil. We could be playing people from Denmark. Esports is about creating global collaboration. Hands down. That's all that it does. It creates global levels of... Uh, I shouldn't say that it's all that it does because it's not, or else I wouldn't have this podcast. But it's the big thing. One of the big things, one of the pillars, I guess you could say, that makes esports really stand out is the global community, is the global culture that's developing around this. Racine is a city that sits between one of the greatest cities in the world, Chicago, and another great city of the world, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And while those two seem very close, because you can get to one of the, each of those in probably around an hour, Milwaukee less than an hour, Chicago, around an hour, depending on traffic. Um, It is still a world away for a lot of kids. It is still a place where I have met people who have not left the city of Racine. They've gone to high school here, gotten a job here. They go other places for vacation, but they haven't really connected to anybody outside. And this is a city and a community that's changing rapidly in the next few years. For those of you who don't know, we have a $10 billion dollar LED plant going in here in Racine area by a company called Foxconn. Foxconn, if you are uh, unaware, is a company, for example, that puts together and assembles Apple's iPhones. Okay, so I'm sure many of you have iPhones, but that is a company that's a Taiwanese company moving in here to Racine. And as I look at the Racine Unified School District, I say, how do we develop uh, global connections for our students at high school? Well, a couple ways. We, can, we have our academies, which ties them into the job field. But we have to make sure that our students understand that the global world is more than just a job. The global world is understanding the global world. That sounds redundant. Okay. Uh, we have to help our students understand that the world is more than just their job. The world is what we tie into every day. It is the world. There's a lot of times where I go online and I see um, people who just do not connect with other cultures really well. They don't connect with people really well. They have a very myopic mindset, a very narrow focus on where where their beliefs are and an intolerance for what other people believe. And I feel that esports allows our students to... Explore not just their local issues as things are changing here, but also the global issues Um, It is allowing our students to use collaborative technologies to get to know other people whether they physically meet them or not And it is also one that is going to um, Help students to work effectively towards a common goal and What's great is that again the, the the team while it is ideal to have your team all here, say in the same room while you're competing. Uh, in some cases, there are students who are not able to do that, and we have to um, create a acceptance that doing things virtually, in some of the, in some ways, in this case, um, for some of our students, is going to be the way they connect with others. And we have to honor that. And we have to honor gameplay. And for those of you who are going to the ISTE conference in a couple of weeks, I hope that as you go, because I'm going to go down for a couple of evenings uh, to see friends, but I'm not going to attend the conference this year. I I have my own other reasons that I don't wish to attend the ISTE conference this year. But what what I would ask that the people going to ISTE would do is, number one, don't go to the vendor hall. The vendor hall is um, a space that, while there are occasionally some good things that do happen as far as presentations, because I've seen some vendors try to bring in people to create presentations to draw them to the vendor hall. That's not where the learning takes place. That's that doesn't even embody the SD standards for students. A vendor hall is not a place where you become an empowered learner or a better digital citizen, or a better knowledge constructor, or an innovative designer, or a computational thinker, or a creative communicator, or a global collaborator. It's a place that you go to pick up stuff. Use your time at ISTI to make connections with people. Use your time at ISTE to talk about ideas that maybe don't include Google Apps for Education. I mean, Google Apps for Education is great and all. But let's get back to talking about what is going to help promote play and what is going to help promote um, kids being able to do all of these things. And I really feel that esports is that. I really feel that. I'm not calling it the only thing. It's not the only thing. But for a lot of our students, this is going to be the thing that they connect with. This is going to be the thing that our students... um, are going to take away from school and go, that's the thing that got me from point A to point B. That's the thing that got me. That's the thing that hooked me in. And for some of our students, they do go off to college regardless if they don't have an experience like this. And some of them get lucky and some of them don't. I would like to think that by having this, by having esports in our schools, we are connecting kids into... Uh, learning in ways that are going to carry them not just through college, but also into their careers. So that will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And while you're at it, you can also follow the Academy of Esports on Twitter at T-A-O-H-A-N. Esports. That's at T-A-O esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of education and esports. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also follow the latest in esports news and research directly impacting education, Carefully curated by me through Flipboard or your favorite RSS app, the links are right there on the TAO Esports website. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash TAO Esports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.